You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 580 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roll. Thanks to everybody that's already subscribed to the Locked On Hawks podcast that you're listening to right now on their platform of choice. And I want to remind you before we get started today to subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya app. It's free, it's super easy to use, and it has every single podcast that you would love or would ever search for. So for good measure, it also personally curates playlists made just for you by experts, and you should absolutely subscribe today via Himalaya or your podcast platform of choice. Also, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. And get rewarded. All right, so we can dive into uh, today's podcast. Uh, it's just me today. We'll have a we have a guest later that I will tease out for tomorrow's show. But a couple of news items that I wanted to hit on today that, that sort of necessitated, I guess, brought together their own podcast, a solo show, and we pushed off the interview that I did to tomorrow's show. So please stay tuned for all of that. Um, first things first on the podcast today is there there was a report from Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN. Uh, you might remember from from our last podcast that Gavoni also reported over the weekend that the Hawks were at least tangentially in a, in a uh, rumor with regard to the New York Knicks and a potential trade up from eight and 10 to number three overall. He also, he actually um, spoke about that, that report again today on Tuesday morning, but the second part of this reporting is, uh, is the new part. And I'm going to read it for you right here. It says, and I'm quoting here, a number of agents with players projected to be picked in the lottery told ESPN that they've had conversations with teams who say they are capable of making a trade for Atlanta's number 10 pick if needed, indicating that that pick might be available and involved in trade conversations as well. End quote. So obviously there's a trade-up scenario that we mentioned before. But then you also have trades that would only involve number ten. Um, obviously, a different scenario there, and that could be happening would be you know they could move they could move down from ten if they wanted to. They could use ten to go get another player on the market that's already a uh, a present day player in the league. They could also trade ten moving down or or out and or out. So for instance, last year they traded the number three pick down two spots and added a future facing asset. That does not mean they could that they that they couldn't trade number ten in this draft down for another pick in this draft, or and or they could make, they could move it out for the future. So obviously Travis Schlenk's on the record as saying that the Hawks don't want to have five rookies um, entering training camp. That is out there. So as a result of that, a lot of Hawks fans think that there's no reason why the Hawks would be trading down. With that said, if they could go from ten to like fourteen or fifteen and get a future asset like a, free, a future first round pick, you would certainly have to think about doing that. Um, given the way that, that this draft stacks up, that's just one example. No other reporting that is really out there, but there are myriad scenarios in play. But the Hawks are certainly open for business. It appears based on that. Um, based on that, and honestly. Because of the fact that they already have the trade-up stuff, plus they can stand pat, and they have the three the, the three picks in the second round, it's just a wide-open canvas. Something that I've been saying over and over again the last uh, couple of days and weeks, but it can't be overstated right now. The Hawks hold a lot of keys to this draft. Obviously, they don't they don't pick on the board right now until number eight, so there are seven teams ahead of them. With that said, they could they could, they could certainly go up. Um, I'm not sure how far they can get up to three, maybe uh, four or five, somewhere in there. If they wanted to do that, if they wanted to mortgage their assets and go up, they could certainly do that. 
If they want to stand pat, they could do that too. Um, they could stash them in the second round. They could they could package picks in the second round to go up to the first round, or maybe even early in the second round. They could trade out towards the future if they don't want to have a bunch of rookies this year. There's just so many scenarios that the Hawks could be involved in, and that does not even unlock all the times that you could be trading guys on the current roster, like Torian Prince, or trading four guys that are already in the league. For instance, if they wanted to trade a number 10 pick for a cost-control young player, that might make some sense. So there's all kinds of things that are out there. There's, it's On the flip side, it's also tough to discuss things in uh, very specific detail because unless it's reported or unless I hear something, it's all kind of conjecture. So that's uh, always worth pointing out that there's not a lot of firm reporting going on here. It's a lot of uh, innuendo and stuff like that. Still, there is uh, a lot of scenarios on, on the table, which makes it interesting for me. And I know for a lot of fans, it's also really hard to do anything definitive. So I will push back on any notion of anything definitive right now until I hear otherwise. And that's just kind of where we are at this point in time. But that was the newest reporting from Gavoni, and uh, that, that puts the Hawks now in play with all of their assets. You know, if, Even if it's not an 8-10 and 10 combination trade-up, if they want to just pick the pick at number 8 and move off 10, that might make some sense. Even Jeff Schultz from The Athletic was tweeting back and forth with me about this today, that he had been hearing that the second that, that the second lottery pick could be a trade asset since the, moment it, since the moment it arrived, basically. So there could be a lot of movement there, and it does not necessarily have to be an 8-10 package to have 10 be available in this draft. And I've said over and over again this is more of a trade down draft in my opinion than a trade up draft so take that for what it's worth based on my own evaluation uh, before we go to the next topic and probably the longer topic on today's podcast i wanted to thank untuck it for sponsoring today's podcast if you look for a father's day gift look no further than untuck it because their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend no tucking or tailoring required go to untuckit.com promo code mba untuckit.com promo code mba to get 20 percent off all right, and we're back to talk about uh, the other big nugget of the day that I reported. I didn't report, that I wrote about a little bit on PeachtreeHoops.com. Sham Serenia of The Athletic reported that Dwayne Dedman could be back in a Hawks uniform. And I'm going to read the entire report to you here. And it says, that, it says the following. The Hawks could be a destination for contract dumps once again, sources said. And Atlanta is also interested in potentially re-signing free agent center Dwayne Dedman to a balloon one-year deal or a shorter-term contract like the two-year $14 million deal that he signed in 2017, end quote. First and foremost, not a surprise, honestly, in my opinion, that the Hawks would be linked to a potential pursuit of Dedman once again. Um, you know, just for a number of different reasons here that we'll run down quickly, the Hawks need an, another center, either in the draft or for agency, because right now they only have Alex Lynn and Miles Plumley. Plumlee is not someone who you want to pencil into a rotation spot necessarily. They also, of course, have John Collins and Amari Spellman, both of whom could play some center. But for now, the full-time NBA centers, they really only have Alex Lynn um, and Miles Plumlee on the roster. So probably going to need to bring somebody in, whether whether it be via the draft or free agency along the way. Devin had his best two-year run of his career by far in Atlanta. He was an awesome player over the last two seasons for the Hawks, a very helpful starting caliber center. And there's a lot of things well that we'll talk about here in a second. He's a great fit with the way the Hawks play on Honestly, especially offensively, with the way he spaces the floor and the way that he shot the ball from three has been really noteworthy both off the catch and on the move. He also can protect protect the rim a little bit defensively. He's a very versatile player in that way. As such, Deadman's fit and all that stuff makes it um, be that he, he was kind of always going to be a person of interest over the summer for Atlanta. Now, he's un, he's unrestricted free agent, so he, he it's not just a unilateral decision. If he was restricted, the Hawks have a lot more control of the situation. And Devin could certainly sign anywhere, anytime after July 1st. With that said, you know I'm not sure if Devin has interest in coming back, but it seemed like he might have wanted to stay put based on the way that uh, things went this season. He seemed to be pretty happy in Atlanta from everything that I had heard. And um, Atlanta's interest should not come as a shock to anybody as a result of that. 
Um, on the flip side, he is going to be 30 in August. Uh, Deadman doesn't need to make some money this offseason. I think it'd be smart of him financially to invest and have basically take the biggest deal or at least close to the biggest deal that he can get this summer because it's probably going to be his biggest payday of his career to this point. Obviously, he's made some real money. He's made a lot of money even over the last two seasons, about $14 million. With that said, this is probably going to be his biggest payday given the way that he played and his age. So it's probably a good time to cash in if you're doing Nevin and not take a huge hometown discount, most likely. The Hawks do have a lot of a lot of cap space available, though. They have $43 million in cap space without Deadman's cap hold on the books. His cap hold is about $9.5 million, $9.4 million. The Hawks can keep that on the books and go over the cap if they wanted to by as much as $3 million or so. Um, Deadman's early bird rights allow them to be paying him $12.6 million or less in year one. Um, and honestly, even uh, even with even with Shams talking about a, quote, balloon payment, end quote, I'm not sure it'd be more than that in year one. Uh, that'd be a lot of money for Dwayne Edmond. I know he's a starting caliber center, but normally with the way the center market is kind of going right now, it'd be probably surprising if he got more than that for a one-year contract. But if they want to keep it to one year, there's arguments both pro and con against that. And honestly, with the way that they uh, the salary cap is going to be going, they, they could probably go more than that if they had to to keep him if they wanted to. They have to eat, eat into cap space to do so, however. And a one-year deal, any one-year deal from Deadman would have an implicit no-trade clause. If you remember a couple of years ago, Ursula Yasova had a one-year deal that allowed him to block any trade, essentially. And as a result of that, the Hawks couldn't move him. They had two. They had at least two that I have heard about um, trades that were agreed to that Urson basically said no to. They ended up buying him out, and he walked for free. And the Hawks didn't get anything in return for him. So if they had, if they wanted to get Deadman to sign with an eye towards maybe trading him later on if, if things went wrong. A one-year deal is kind of tricky in that way because then he has a veto power, and that can be kind of tricky. So that's something to keep in mind in the coming days if they were to offer him a one-year contract. With that said, the other flip side here, and we'll come back to Deadman in a second, but the contract dumps part, um, again, Sham Sterania reporting that the Hawks could be a destination for contract dumps, according to, according to his sources. That's not a huge surprise either, and that Travis Schlenk and Lloyd Pierce have both been consistent over the offseason so far in saying that the Hawks don't want to, quote, skip steps, end quote, and using that cap space to take on bad salary in exchange for assets would certainly be a part of a rebuilding path that the Hawks have been on for a while. They've done, they've done this before. The Jamal the, the Jamal Crawford trade uh, is the most prime example of this, where the Hawks have taken on bad money in order to get a first-round pick in the future. It doesn't have to be a pick either, but uh, because the Hawks are still in this rebuilding mode, I think it's short-term salary. They're probably not going to spend all 40-something million dollars in cap space on players, and as a result of that, at least on players that they want to sign for um, basketball reasons. So if, instead of just carrying empty space in your salary cap, if you can get a first-round pick um, in exchange to take to take back a short-term salary and build somebody out of a hole, for instance, last year the, Car- the Carmelo Anthony trade, I know it was about Dennis Schroeder to some de- to some degree, but the Hawks also used that m- extra money in year one to pay Melo and get an extra asset out of Oklahoma City in the form of a first-round pick and dumping Dennis Schroeder's contract. It was a great trade, and that's one that a rebuilding team can make because they don't have a uh, huge interest in using their cap space. So this, this reporting... Kind of keeps that in mind and just talking about how the Hawks are still in the market to be able to do that. It's not a huge surprise to those of us who are paying close attention, but still that's a part of the cap space potential for this summer. And that is, you know, max contract guys probably aren't going to sign here. And you're talking about $43 million in space. Part of that could be used to take on a bad salary in exchange for a first round pick or something, something like that in the future. Um, 
it should be noted that there's not necessarily going to be a perfect situation. Um, there's not always a perfect spot to take on that kind of bad money in exchange for a contract. They don't absolutely have to use the space for bad deals, but it does make sense that they'd be open to it at least, particularly when factoring in the unlikely nature of them actually signing a big ticket free agent this summer, whether it be Durant or Kawhi or Clay, someone who some, someone who demands a 30 something million dollar contract in year one, that probably isn't going to happen. So as a result of that, you want to be looking for value. And part of that value could be taking on bad money in exchange for assets. Um, back to Deadman a little bit. I wanted to mention just for the market purposes, because the Hawks, if they don't want to take a center in the draft, we'll come back to that in a second as well. There are a couple of free agents that are available that might be considered to be, be better than Deadman, obviously, on the market, and not really for Atlanta, just in general. You have Al Horford, who has a player option. I think he'd be the best center available on the market. And then you have Nick Vucevic, you have Marcus Saul, you have Boogie Cousins, you have Brooke Lopez. Those guys would be the ones who would be uh, as good or better than Deadman on the market. But other than that, Deadman would be the guy. So he's going to have some offers, you would imagine, on the market, considering the way that he shot the ball this year, his relatively young um, age, and the fact that he doesn't have a ton of miles and a ton of wear and tear on his legs. He is a starter, in my opinion. I think he's a top 25 center in the league, pretty comfortably with the way he played the last two seasons. So to have him available, um, he's going to get some offers around the league. So it's not exactly a no-brainer to bring him back if you're the Hawks, but you know, value-wise, something to keep in mind there. And if if they don't draft somebody, free agency is going to be kind of tricky in some, in some ways for Atlanta to get the kind of fit that they might want alongside Alex Lynn and John Collins and everybody else that's already on the current roster. As for the draft, the draft comes first, which is always important to remember in the NBA. The draft comes, you know, 10, 11 days before free agency starts. So you're going to have some intel there after what the Hawks do in the draft. If they were to draft a center at either 8 or 10, whether it be Jackson Hayes or Gogo Batadze or someone in that range, they could certainly still sign Deadman. It wouldn't be impossible, but you have to think that the chances decline some if they were to invest a top 10 pick in a center. If they were to take a center at 35 or 41, then that guy probably is going to be a huge part of the rotation in year one, and maybe you, that kind of opens the door for Deadman to come back. So, you know, it's not impossible, again, that they could pair Deadman with a first-round center, but that doesn't seem super likely, so that might be a good indicator if you want to keep an eye on Deadman's situation. If they were to invest a top-10 pick in a center, that might cross Deadman off to some degree. With that said, they have to be able to play, in my opinion at least, they have to be able to play Collins or Spellman or both at center at some point. So there's only so many minutes to go around, and I'm not sure you would want to go, go ahead and double down on the center position in that way. There are a lot of Hawks fans that are sort of jumping on the bandwagon after uh, the reporting today from Shams about um, sort of signing Deadman, then drafting a pair of wings or forwards at 8 and 10. And I would certainly endorse that. You know, that, you know, you can't really know about Deadman unless you have a sort of a back-channel deal with him. You can't know for sure that he's going to sign with the Hawks, and you can't know what he's going to get on the open market. But that could be the plan if they were to go out. You know, I'm certainly on the record as saying that if they stay if they stay pat at 8 and 10, drafting a pair of wings and forwards uh, could be a good idea and one that I would endorse that would allow them to spend for agency a little bit, at least at the center position, that could and that could uh, sort of involve Deadman. Deadman isn't probably a long-term option, at least a super long-term option for the Hawks, given his age and where they are on the, in the rebuilding curve, but he is a starting caliber center and a, and a quality one at that, in my opinion. I think, and obviously you know that he fits well. He's well-liked in the locker room. Deadman is a huge um, sort of um, locker room favorite. Everybody, everybody likes him. He's always a fun guy. He makes He's sort of jovial, uh, a very well-liked guy, respected guy, so no issues there, and given the way that he played and the way he fits, easy to see him coming back and being a strong fit with the way that Hawks are building their culture right now. If you can get him for a reasonable price, it makes a ton of sense, frankly, um, just because he is he is good. You know him, and just, there's about familiarity there, but if he's not perfect, 
I will definitely uh, grant you that he's not perfect. With that said, he's it's a rebuilding team. You want to have some stability there. I totally get that. And if you don't want to invest the center, which I probably wouldn't in the top 10, you could do certainly a lot worse than Dwayne Dedman on a short-term contract because the one thing you want to avoid is giving him a bunch of years. But if you get him for one or two years, as this Shams r- reporting suggests, that makes a ton of sense for the Hawks. So keep that in mind over the next you know two, three, four, five weeks as we get into free agency and everything else that's going on. Um, with that said, it's probably going to do it for today's podcast. I do want to tell you that I've already recorded this episode. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to wait and post it tomorrow with Chris Stone of Sporting News. He was on the podcast last year before the draft as well. He's their draft guy and uh, one of the best in the business. I really enjoyed Chris. A good conversation that we had. A uh, wide-ranging one. It's about an hour long. Plenty of draft content in there. So if, you, if you're waiting for uh, draft-only content, that's going to be coming. I promise you that's already in the can and recorded and scheduled. It's going to go up tomorrow. So that'll be posting for your Thursday morning commute. This podcast will be up that I'm uh, talking to you now on. Was the Tuesday night into Wednesday morning? So, 24 hours from now, you'll have Chris Stone in your in your ears alongside me talking about the draft. That'll probably be the last podcast that I do this week. I have some travel to be uh, had after that, but I have a couple more um, high-profile guests lined up. Hopefully, that those are going to come through with an eye toward the draft. And we are about two weeks away now from the actual draft, in which I will be on the scene at Emory Sports Healthcare Center, however you want to say that, in Brookhaven to uh, interview uh, Travis Schlank and everything that's going on that night. So, I, I have plenty more between now and then. But please subscribe to the podcast on the Himalaya app and. Remember Remember that today's show is also also brought to you by Grip Six Ultra Lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. So Grip Six belts have a special offer for you. Grip6.com/lock. Grip6.com/lock. And we'll see everybody later on in the weeks. Please stay tuned for tomorrow's episode with Chris Stone.